just a simple thing like worrying about something at home or something else on your mind and bringing that stress to work can easily distract you from the task that you're doing, especially when we work in positions where we do repetitive work. We do the same thing over and over all day long, and our mind then floats to what that stress is and creates a position for us to be in to be injured. Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's safety chat. Hi, it's Mike with the Portage County Safety Council. I'm here with Nick Koya. Welcome, Nick. Hi, Mike. How are you doing today? So, Nick, we're in the middle of the first global pandemic of my lifetime. <laughs> How about yours? Yeah, this is the first for me, too. Uh, this has been an interesting time, both here in Ohio and across the nation and the world. And it has a, a big effect not only on work and employment, but on workers themselves. And just our everyday life has changed a little bit right now. Absolutely. And one of the crazy things about this, Nick, is America is already a stressful society. We've talked about this in the past. We did a Healthy Workers or Safer Workers campaign, and we did a survey out to our members. And one out of four safety council members said that stress caused them to act unsafely at times at work. 25% of our members said stress at work caused them to work unsafely, and 13% cited stress outside of work. That's pre-pandemic. So that's a pretty big deal in regards to workplace safety. Yeah. You know, stress has a direct correlation to what happens to us in the workplace. Just a simple thing like, you know, worrying about something at home or something else on your mind and bringing that stress to work can easily distract you from the task that you're doing, especially when we work in positions where we do repetitive work. We do the same thing over and over all day long, and our mind then floats to what that stress is and creates a position for us to be in to be injured. You know, that decision to error model happens at that point because we're not really paying attention to what's happening around us. Our mind is on that stress. We already know Americans are stressed, so what happens when we add something like a pandemic to that? In regards to that, you make a really great point because 42% of our members in that survey said complacency or lack of awareness or focus causes them to work unsafely as well. So even a bigger issue than stress is complacency, but the part of the complacency you're saying or lack of awareness is actually caused from the stress. Right. You know, have you ever had one of those days where, you know, you just have so much on your mind that that's all you can think about or your mind keeps floating back to that. And then maybe sometimes it happens to you while you're driving, you're thinking about, it could be something as simple as I need to get some grocery shopping done. What do I need to pick up on the way home? And all of a sudden you're sitting in the grocery store parking lot going, how did I get here? Well, now put a, a larger stress on yourself and you do a task just like you do every day of driving, but it's making something. It's running a machine. And all of a sudden you're looking around yourself going, well, how did I get so much work done? And you weren't focused on the process. You were focused on your thoughts and your stress. And as that stress level goes up, I believe that creates a greater potential for a decision to make an error that could result in an injury to yourself or your coworkers. Absolutely. And here's the thing about this is the more severe, you know, we call it traumatic stress, right? Is you don't even have to experience that firsthand. There's something that's referred to by different names. In the social services world, we typically call it vicarious trauma, or some people refer to it as secondary trauma. And there's also something, a term, and we won't get too far into this because I don't think that's our purpose for this episode, but they call it collective trauma. And trauma, we know through research, actually rewires your brain and how it functions and how it thinks because it's literally puts you in survival mode. 
which is great if you're in the middle of a crisis, but if you're at work, probably not good to be in survival mode. That intensity could actually cause more injuries. So the thing about it is you could have this overwhelming stress and never actually experience the trauma yourself. You're seeing the news now, you're seeing the pandemic, all these different things, and it literally causes such a stress. It's almost like you take a measure of that trauma yourself. And so that could cause a whole nother can of worms. But even before this pandemic, like we said earlier, Nick, America's just a stressed out society. Right. We see that in the numbers. There's a lot of stress for our workers. In fact, there was a paper and it's about the stress in America. They did a survey on this. And in that survey, three out of four Americans share that they report experiencing at least one stress symptom in the last month. 45% report laying awake at night. 36% of those report feeling nervous or anxious. 35% report irritability or anger. And 34% are reporting fatigue due to the stress. Now, let's break this down one or two pieces at a time because this is huge. So I don't want to rush through this. 45% report lying awake at night. Okay. Think about that. Now let's go down to the last one. You said 34% report fatigue due to stress. Now let's bring this big picture of America pre COVID-19 and let's take it down to the safety council. Right. According to our survey, 46% of Portage County safety council members, almost half said tiredness or fatigue caused them to work and safely work. And the crazy thing about this, according to OSHA, fatigue can increase the risk of injury by up to 37%. So stress isn't just some floozy idea. This is a real workplace injury idea, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Being fatigued at work, once again, creates that potential to make a bad decision, a decision to error, or not be aware of what's happening in your workplace. And the stress that we encounter, those thoughts, those fears from daily life or even the pandemic, create a a situation which sometimes we can't fall asleep at night probably heard people say, I just was up all night just thinking about something. You know, we worry about our family. We worry about our coworkers. We worry about our kids. And and beyond that, it may be the fear of how long does the company stay open during a pandemic and how will I pay my bills? All of those add to this stress of laying a week at night, which has that secondary effect of creating fatigue and tiredness. And so I think it's important right now that our listeners and businesses are aware of this concern and start to implement some pieces in place to help you deal with the fatigue due to the stress. And that means, you know, getting a good night's sleep, being aware of what's happening with your employees or your coworkers, identifying those potentials for injury and intervening when we can. But we have to take some responsibility for ourselves too. Absolutely. A lot of us you know, we're in unique situations now, right? So we might still be going to that manufacturing firm every day and operating that piece of equipment that could be dangerous. But we also might be on a teleworking situation. You know, a lot of America has transitioned into this teleworking status. And so we're confined to these four walls all day. We're not getting the sunlight. We're not getting all those things that help us deal with stress or reduce the stress and create a healthier self. And I think that's going to be part two of this discussion is how do we deal with that? And part of it is getting outside while maintaining our social distancing. But that doesn't stop you from walking the neighborhood and getting some fresh air. Because if you just sit in your office chair all day and then mosey down to the couch, if you're in a teleworking, sleeping at nighttime is going to be much harder because you're used to being so much more active. 
During the pandemic, we just did a podcast with Leslie Keegan where she gives us some tips on how to stay active in between those sessions. Take that break every couple hours and do some jumpy jack, whatever it is. You know, don't have to be that. You don't have to be a fitness guru. I know one of my biggest stress reliefs in life was going to the gym a few days a week. Now I don't have that capability. So I took Leslie's advice and started working on my home and it's actually not much different. It's pretty incredible, actually. And so beating the stress is a big deal. Getting back in a couple of these numbers, Nick, 36% report feeling nervous or anxious at work. Again, pre-COVID-19. 35% report irritability or anger. Now, think about the indication of workplace violence. The potential combustion of 35% of your workforce is dealing with the irritability or anger just from American society in general pre-pandemic. Now, imagine how much more intensified it is during that. So how much more do employers need to focus on stress and not just what they could do, but also promoting them to employees? Well, yeah, I think they need to promote tools to deal with stress, but I think we also have to change our management approach. You know, how we lead people, how we interact with people. I think that it's important now more than ever, and it has always been important in my opinion as a leader to do check-ins on our employees and just have a good pulse of what's happening with your workforce and your team. But now more than ever, that's really important. And I think it's going to be important for leaders, those in those leadership positions, be it a shift lead all the way to the president of the company, to have a good pulse of what's happening in the company and just interacting with people and identifying those out-of-the-norm behaviors that require some type of intervention. That intervention could just be a conversation with them, seeing what's happening with their family and giving a person the opportunity to speak. Right. And some of this is during the pandemic, and we're not going to go into the details. I don't think either of us are qualified to do that. But during the pandemic, I'm just looking at Governor DeWine's social media, and I'm just seeing the comments from other people. And what we see is a lot of times people are saying, hey, my employer isn't doing this. My husband's employer isn't doing this. So part of the stress is people don't really feel safe at work, and that creates a whole other level of stress. So the step one would be to connect with OSHA and CDC and these experts and really start to implement those things if you haven't already at the workplace to reduce that initial stress brought on just by COVID-19. Go to the experts. Don't go to the mainstream media news reports. Go to like the CDC. Take on what they're telling you with social distancing. Put those things in place. Again, we're not going to give you that advice. We're not the experts there. But let's start there and let's create a safe work culture that everyone can be safe. Yeah, you know, essential businesses are continuing to operate, so we have to ensure that they have that safe workplace. There are many, many good tools out there from the Ohio Department of Health that people can access the CDC and OSHA that talk about the pandemic. But this doesn't stop even when this situation's over with. Right. Creating a healthy workforce needs to continue, and, and creating some of these check-ins and, and identification of stress in the workplace and engagement of the workers now should continue on forever for the life of your business. I think you're going to see much better results out of your employees. You know, I find that when I'm consulting with companies, the safety person or the plant manager or the HR manager that has a really good relationship with their staff, knows people, interacts with them, has a safer work environment too, because they're invested and they're engaged in their employees and the company. And so that just makes a big difference. It's all about culture. We've talked about this in a lot of other podcasts. A strong safety culture is so important. And it's the first part of really building a great safety network within your company. You can write all the policies in the world you want. And you can have all the rules and regulations you want. But are people really going to follow all those? Well, that's going to depend on your culture. And the culture of the company is what determines that. And I think that having a strong culture of employee engagement and working with them is going to also help with the stress in the workplace. 
Yeah, Nick, and there's some other resources out there in the community. Joga County has a program that's, I believe, funded in part and operated by the United Way, and it's an employer resource network. And what they do is actually take a resource coordinator and almost like an on-site social worker, and they go out and spend an hour or two at each manufacturing company that sets themselves up that participates in this and they just make themselves available because sometimes people don't want to tell their bosses what's really going on because they know if they're stressed about that or something they may they're afraid they're going to lose their job or get in you know whatever it is that they're dealing with and so what they do is they put this resource coordinator out and what that resource coordinator does is she'll come on for an hour or two you know people come to her and say hey you know my husband lost his job and now we're worried about being homeless so we're worried about this or we went through this crisis, so now we're facing financial issues. What can we do here? And they literally point them to resources that already exist in the community that they may not have never known about before. And so we don't have that in Portage County, but what we do have is Portage County Job and Family Services, Nick. They have this document they put out every year of every service agency and every service requirement. So if you're looking for housing, rehabilitation services, halfway houses, shelters, food, if you have food insecurity and you just don't have enough to make it, if you need utilities paid, whatever crisis you would imagine, if there's a service provided in Portage County, it's in this document. So I would encourage our listeners, if you're an employer and you see people going through tough times, especially now, most American families have two income earners. And if one person loses the job, maybe the other one's still working your facility stressed out because they may not make enough money to cover the bills. Whatever this is, that could be a key resource just to make your employees feel a little bit more comfortable and help reduce that stress that much more. Yeah, I think that's that's another great piece is, you know, here in Portage County, we have a lot of tools, but I'm sure across the nation too. Utilize the resources that are available to you. Your county and state has so many great resources that can provide information or make connections for you. And a lot of employees use their employee assistance programs too, your EAPs. They can be a great source of information and tools and tricks and just referral points for your employees to help manage the stress during this current situation and just in general in the future. Yeah, so this is definitely important. This is definitely tied to workplace safety, which is our mission here at the Safety Council, as you know, Nick. But what are some ways we could start to reduce this individually? What are some things now that I can't go to the gym? Do I take a walk around the park? What are some other things even besides that that we could start to reduce this stress and just get through the pandemic and get through the process. Like you said, when this thing's over, stress is still going to remain. There's going to be an after effect. How do we start to work that out and process that? You know, lucky for us here at the Portage County Safety Council and our members, we were already looking at ways to deal with stress and just to be healthier in the workplace prior to this whole situation occurring. We had already started our Get Outside campaign, and we're looking for ways that employers and employees could become healthier, and healthier means not only physically, but mentally. And a lot of this has to do with getting outside. I notice I'm in that teleworking position right now, and from my home, I've seen more and more people walking the neighborhood at different times of the day than I've ever seen before. They're out, they're just getting that, you know, half an hour walk in, walk the entire neighborhood, get a good walk in, and just getting some sunlight and relieving some of that stress and just getting away from the work stress for a short period. And I know myself, I've done that too. I start taking evening walks, you know, after I'm done with work and I got everything done for the day, I head out and get a little 30 to 45 minute walk in. And it's nice because I don't have to drive anywhere, right? It's just right in the neighborhood and get out, get some fresh air, get some sunlight and get a good walk in. Yeah. In our Healthy Workers, Safe Workers campaign, we really hit on self-care, which is really not heard in the safety world. You don't really hear the word self-care too much. It's usually a social service or psychological type term. 
But with the stress, we talked about self-care. What could we do now? Self-care is a generic term, right? So it just means taking things to take care of you first. And that's very important. So some people could go fishing and that could be the self-care. You could take a walk outside. You could exercise in your living room. I know some people have workout videos or workout ads that some of my friends outside of work and they're telling me how they're feeling so much better just doing that. And and they didn't make it to the gym most of the time anyways before. So this is a good thing. Maybe boredom is a good thing. (laughs) You know, I like quiet time to myself to like journal and to just think about different things when I'm going through in the mornings every day. And I know when I don't have that time, it literally, I could feel myself get more cynical and critical as the day goes on. If it goes two, three, four days out in the row, I'm like, man, I need to go back, have some quiet time, some mic time and kind of get that thing settled in there. So the one thing about self-care though, that I do warn people is, and I've noticed this with me as well, even though I'm, I started working out from home and different things during the pandemic, I also sometimes would come home and you you get that overwhelmed feeling a little bit and you just turn on Netflix. And next thing you go, you go from one episode to the next episode. And sometimes, you know, we call that Netflix binging, right? Right. So, or video game. But when you come out of that, you feel more stressed out, don't you? It's not, it's not a healthy form of escapism. Everything's good in moderation, but you come out of there and you're like, ah, so do some healthy things. Do some healthy things. Take a walk, read a book. And here's the thing. Social distancing does not mean social disconnection. I've been saying that a lot the last few weeks around people that I know and love. And we we had some friends that we normally hang out with. Well, they FaceTimed us. They had their kids up there. We had our little baby boy. And it was actually really cool. It's not like hanging out with friends for, for a few hours in the evening. But it was cool. Got to see their kids. Their kids were just laughing. We had a good time. And it just, you felt connected, even though you didn't have that physical touch component. Right. You know, and, and that's important. You know, one of my hobbies outside of work is just, you know, I really enjoy board gaming and I enjoy working on, on models, those sorts of things and, and tabletop gaming. And because of this, you know, situation we're in, those are non-essential services. So that's all been closed down, that little hobby shop where we all got together. So we found a workaround to that. A, you know, sometimes we play some solo board games, but it's just, it's a disconnect. It challenges the mind. It gives me kind of a a break from the stress of the constant news flow of what's happening around us. But the other thing we started doing is just like you talked about, we actually set up a channel and on Friday nights, we all get on Facebook together, Messenger, and we do a video chat where, you know, for about two hours, we sit there and, and work on our projects while we're just talking to each other. And it's it's like a group of us all sitting around a digital camera. And you can see all six of us at the same time. And it's, and it's actually been nice to still have that engagement with those friends that, you know, you were used to seeing on a weekly basis. Absolutely. So if there's a couple last tips, two to three things, Nick, that you could just suggest that people do to help alleviate that stress now during the pandemic or even beyond that, what, what advice would you give people? I would say, number one, you should have a hobby. Everyone needs some type of disconnect. And that hobby could be one of many things. It's, it's what you enjoy, but it's, it gets you away from the day-to-day stress. And it doesn't have to be something that you do every day, but it's something that you look forward to. It's that disconnect from the news, from media, from work, from just life stresses, something you look forward to, to working on. And hobbies could be anything from going to the gym to knitting, crocheting, scrapbooking, writing a novel, whatever it is. But you, you've you got to find that hobby for yourself. And I have found myself, you know, working two jobs and I was working on a master's degree, had a lot going on and I still made sure I had time for a hobby just to disconnect from it all. And that really helped with my stress level. And the weeks that I skipped it, I could see a major difference in how I felt the next week. Yeah. As you know, Nick, I do classes with the homeless 
at the shelters and it's almost like cross between a support group and a class. It's just a different dynamic than what you may think of like a class. Uh, but in there, we talk about stress a lot. We talk about how we manage our emotions and two things I always tell them. And the first thing is when you focus on what's going wrong, it just overwhelms and stress you out. It'll, it'll put you in depression in 10 minutes. You know, if I just sit there and think about everything wrong in my life or not perfect, it's there's no way you're not going to be stressed out over that. But as soon as I shift that and start being thankful and have a little gratitude for the things that do go on, right? Hey, I still have a job in the middle of all of this. I get to spend more time with my baby boy now that we're working remotely or whatever that you know, whatever that looks like for you. You start looking at the positive and you'll start to see your emotions begin to follow your focus. And that's a very important thing. And the other thing is I talk about a lot because years ago when I first started these grooves back in, I think, 2012, a gentleman started talking to me about it. He was going through AA and he started saying, you know, Mike, what keeps me holding on is I'm learning to accept the things I can't change. None of us could change the fact that there's a pandemic going on. None of us could change the fact that America is stressed out culture. It's a stressed out society. But what we can do is accept there's some things we can't do anything about, but let's have the courage to do what we can do. Let's practice safe social distancing. Let's let's engage people in new ways. Let's take life. Let's not focus on the negativity. Let's find new things while we're being safe at the same time. And those make huge differences in regards to stress. Yeah. And, and I think lastly, out of all of this, is just create a healthy self. And that healthy self can be that meditation. But I think more importantly, is just getting out and being active. A big part of our campaign is focusing on one, two, zero not one, two, three, but getting 120 minutes a week of outside time can have a huge difference. And 120 sounds like a big number, but when you spread that over seven days, it's not much time that you really need to get outside at all. And you can get it in those small snippets of time, but that will help you deal with your stress and help you be safer in the workplace because then you'll be more focused. Absolutely, Nick. And what you're alluding to is going to be an episode coming out soon after this episode. It's called Get Outside. So check that out. So Nick, thank you very much for coming today. We'll see you back soon, right? Yep. We'll be talking soon. Be safe out there, everyone, and have a great day. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.